Hey everyone, welcome to Geo for Hub Livestream. So today's guest, as you already know, is going to be Mike Dooling. I've been meaning to get together with Mike and talk to him for a very long time. About 2017, I get this book by Mike and a very nice handwritten message, as you can see right here. And at that time, as all of you know, I was not able to do any interviews and I was nowhere ready to where I am today. But we uh, made it work and uh, I have Mike on today. So uh, let's get started. Uh, I'm going to switch over to Mike and uh, then I figured we'll um, uh, just get going with asking Mike about uh, his background and uh, how it all pretty much started. Hi, Mike. Welcome. Thanks for being on. Hey, Adnan, great to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity. So uh, I met Mike in Kansas City, and it was uh, right before uh, you were publishing your, your book. It was called the, the Top 10 Things That People Want to Tell You. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's been a while, but it's been that long ago since I've uh, talked to you. Yeah. And um, so, Mike, if you could uh, go a little bit uh, into... The, the background story about how it is that you started out and, and um, uh, with basically what's called Tut that had a originally different meaning, but maybe you can go into that. Okay, sure. Uh, boy, I'll take you all the way back uh, to give context to it, and I'll try to make it a short story. But um, I've always been driven my whole life, including uh, as a, a young teenager, preteens even, to wonder about who we are, how we got here, and what's the dang point of a life on Earth. And unbeknownst to me, that searching led to answers. Um, you know, the law of attraction, like attracts like. If you're eating, sleeping, and breathing in your quest for truth, truth is looking for you, if you will. And it started to catch up with me. And by the time I was say 20, I had discovered a few books that were confirming my own inner suspicions about life, purpose, who we are, how we got here, what we can do with our time and space. And it really lit me up because there was no dogma, there was no religion, um, everyone's doing their best. We're all of source energy, all of divine mind, here by choice for the adventure of it, to love and be loved. And so taking those answers and those confirmations to a place that's near and dear to me, my, my inner soul, if you will, having been handed the keys to the kingdom, if you will, my life in time and space, it was all about rocking my life and making my dreams come true. A very selfish pursuit, but I think there's room for that because when you take care of business at home, it opens you up to take care of business elsewhere and you become a light and a model to others. I never was selfish to the degree that I would want to make progress at the expense of anybody else. So I took my very traditional normal background, middle, um, middle class American, uh, got an accounting degree to become ultimately an entrepreneur after a few years of working with Pricewaterhouse, today's PricewaterhouseCoopers, um, to enjoy the journey of my life. And it's been an incredible uh, ride. I went from being certified public accountant to running a business with my brother and mother selling t-shirts, my brother's art and my philosophical sayings about thoughts become things. Um, and then parlayed that 
in the year 2000 into tut.com. It was a difficult transition because there was a lot of scary things happening in my life. I don't claim to have all the answers uh, and it certainly hasn't been you know, smooth sailing. Um, 21 years ago at the turn of the millennium was my dark night of the soul. Everything came undone. We liquidated our t-shirt company. It had been an amazing 10 year run. Um, we had made millions of dollars. I still nevertheless had a big mortgage and I had to make ends meet and I was terrified. And my girlfriend at the time had a boyfriend and it wasn't me. And I found out uh, <laughs> in uh, the most bizarre of you know freaky ways that would only leave you wanting to hurl. And, um, and so with the following I had gathered with my philosophical musings on t-shirts, believe it or not, um, and the nest egg that had still been preserved, even though we liquidated the t-shirt business, I took the same company, 10 years old, tut.com, totally unique t-shirts, and turned it into today's The Universe Talks. And my lifelong quest for answers not only fueled an amazing life with amazing adventures, gallivanting all over the world for Price Waterhouse and as an entrepreneur for t-shirts. We never went bankrupt in the t-shirt business. We just decided to close before that ship sunk. And so I, we closed and I had money. And lo and behold, as the millennia dawned, um, following my bliss, a hope and a prayer, thinking it was really beyond all reasonableness, reasonableness to to have a life where I got to speak and dwell on the nature of reality, because I'm still learning. As much as I figured out back then, I am still so much the student. And I started sending out these emails from Mike every day, which were never very popular, but they led to notes from the universe, which have almost made me famous. Now, almost a million people every Monday through Friday get a note from the universe. 20 years later, um, I've written 17 books all about living deliberately, creating consciously, metaphysical thinking, who we are, how we got here, what we can do with our time and space. I've uh, hosted four world tours, literally to every continent except Antarctica. Um, I have, I mean, I, I could go on and on. And now uh, I'm a, a late blooming uh, first time a husband uh, as of about a decade ago and a late blooming first time dad. Uh, my life truly, and this has been true for a very long time now, uh, is like a fairy tale. But I continue to teach what I've used in my life with regard to my understanding of the benevolence and the benign nature of divine intelligence, that we're all children of God, if you will. We're all pushed on to greatness every single day in a world where our positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than our negative thoughts. And it's our thoughts alone that dictate how our days and our years and our life will unfold. We create our own fortunes and misfortunes. I know that creates a lot of questions, and deservedly so. I, I, have, a, I have a dog in my <laughs> That's room all right. here. This is one of the joys of working at home. Um, but, uh, I can take any kind of tangent that, that, uh, presumption or that statement that we create our own fortunes and misfortunes, um, 
you know, might bring to mind Adnan for you or for listeners. I certainly address all of those tangents, like, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And uh, what about those things that happened to us that we never thought about? Whose thoughts were those? If thoughts become things, Mike Dooley. I mean, you know, I can put legs under this table and I do. That's my life's work through 3000 notes from the universe, the books, the courses, the programs, the workshops, et cetera. And so that's kind of how I got here. Uh, and it's been an adventure, uh, uh, one with lots of lessons and lots and lots of love. Well, Mike, um, what I was going to say, you know, when I first when I first met you, you were to me kind of uh, truly the physical embodiment of confidence and no doubt. You know, it was almost, you know, it's like you sure you can see a lot of people that, you know, they always, um, you know, confidently say things and whatnot, but you can tell you're living it too. And it's, and then when you also speak about these different things that just encourage people, it just, it's like a, this complete, uh, you know, uh, package, so to say, you know, and so uh, that's something that just, um, you know, I really, really appreciated when I met you way back when, you know, and especially when we just had this, you know, conversation, you and I, you said something to me, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, you and I, you know, I hope I didn't know you that well, but based on whatever you perceive from me, you just said, you're going to be very successful, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and it's going to be great. And that stuck with me. It was almost like, all right, I'll just keep going, you know, and it's very encouraging. So I, I appreciate that very much, especially for someone at that time when I first started out, it was just two cameras and me, you know, so, so, uh, you know, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember well, I was uh, I was on one of my world tours and you had intercepted me in advance, knowing that I was coming and it was a great interview. You did a great job. And, uh, you know, maybe we're birds of a feather, but I, I could feel your energy. Anybody watching now can hear you as well. And uh, you're the real deal. You're a genuine guy and uh, the sky's the limit. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. So, of, of course, I want to get into more what, you know, this this um, self-empowering path that definitely a lot of people want to hear during these times. But uh, I just want to ask you for a little bit regarding the book itself uh, that I just mentioned earlier, the From Deep Space with Love, a conversation about consciousness, the universe and building a better world. How did that come about? Well, I've got a dear friend, um, from, oh gosh, probably about 10 years ago, Tracy Farquhar, um, who we crossed paths. She's one of my certified trainers. Uh, she is a psychic medium in her own right, world-class. She's got a website, everybody, Tracy Farquhar. Um, and she relayed to me at one of our um, workshops that she had been channeling a collective of beings. Now that's not unusual these days. 20 years ago, her books would have been in the occult section, uh, but I have some of the most profound stuff I've ever read in my life has been channeled. Uh, famous channels are like Seth, Jane Roberts, Ramtha, Jay-Z Knight, um, Abraham, um, Esther Hicks. Uh, profound stuff can come through channels. And let me add to that list, Tracy Farquhar's stuff is amazing. Um, but there's a twist. Tracy channels Frank, a collective of, I think it's eight, uh, I can't say people, um, eight beings from another planet. And unlike most channels, 
who draw down, if you will, metaphorically, their information from beyond the curtains of time and space, from other dimensions, of which we all came from and still reside in as multidimensional beings. Unlike other channels, Tracy channeled Frank not from beyond the curtains of time and space, but from this time and from this space on planet Brohashka. Now, you know, you're, I don't know if your viewers are, uh, well, I think your viewers are probably ready for that. Um, I'm sure they are. It was, it was wild to, to hear her tell me that, but knowing of her integrity and her talent, um, I eagerly dove into this first book. Um, I think it's called uh, Frank Speaks, Frank Speaks. And it was, it just lit me up. And I reached out and said, this is just solid gold and it's amazing. Um, anything I can do to help uh, promote and facilitate, I would, I'm, I'm, I'm there. And in our conversations, the idea came up that we might co-author a book where I interview Frank. And uh, that is the book you're speaking to. Um, we, I think it's With Love from Deep Space was the original title mm -hmm. for the hardback. And then the paperback, they changed the title a little bit, Channeled Messages from Deep Space. Oh, I see. Um, so if you're interested, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. Or Please do. Please do. About it. Well, the, the amazing thing is, Frank, uh, when asked some very basic questions like, you know, are you human? Um, replied that not only is their planet and their world and their life unimaginably different. Think of that. I mean, this is a really profound source of wisdom when they're talking about consciousness. When they say our world is unimaginable to you, unimaginably different, it's like, whoa. And they said that they, they themselves, as physical beings, are also unimaginably different than ourselves. I will be honest that I didn't have the courage to ask them what they looked like. And it wasn't for a fear of shocking my system, but I just know how irrelevant that is, what they look like, whether they look humanoid whether they look like an octopus or they're a bunch of dolphins or there's something unimaginable with 42 eyeballs and who knows what. It's unimportant because this is what kind of blew my mind. They said, while we are and our existence is unimaginably different than yours, our spiritual evolution is virtually identical to ours, ours as human beings. And they do live on a planet. They do have homes. They do have commerce. They do have um, politics. Uh, and they shared in the book some of the information from each of those facets of their life. Their homes are underground. They have two sons. Um, their planet is virtually devoid of life as we know it. I mean, here, every crook and cranny is crawling with life there um it's very isolated to a very few 
areas of their planet and living conditions are extremely harsh. They're all vegetarians because there ain't no other creatures. They have to eat, you know, plant matter. Um, uh, but their plant matter is very limited. So I think it's more like bacteria or mold or I don't, I don't know what. But when they said that their spiritual evolution is nearly identical, it was just like, God, uh, uh, of course, you know, I mean, I think as your viewers and listeners will know that life proven by Einstein is uh, relative, different from one person to the next, not this, not just time, but space and by extrapolation matter. It's illusionary. It's relative, different from one person to the next. It's not solid. Scientists have told us since I was in grade school that matter is not solid. The closer you get, the more space there is. It's actually whirling organized energy. I, I like to add who organized it, evidencing divine intelligence, or forget divine, because that throws a lot of people. I'm not talking about any god of religion, but source energy, um, intelligence, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, is what organized it. And it's all an illusion. There is something closer to source. Um, and so this realm where there is time, space, and matter is a stage and arena to discover by all creatures love, adventure, for humanoids that our thoughts become things, um, unequivocally for Frank as well, conscious, sentient, self-reflecting creatures, not a tree, not a dog, but, uh, you know, the typical ET that can build a spaceship or travel, you know, astral through astral projection is a creature with, with godlike qualities and attributes chiefly that what you think about, you bring about thoughts become things. There's a law of attraction. And so that's something that we have totally in common with them, as well as learning love, uh, cooperation, community, the values of diversity, uh, that we're all one, that we're all in this together, that love is the glue that holds time, space, uh, and matter together. And so suddenly, Frank, no matter what the heck he looks like, is a kindred spirit. And they were there because their planet about a thousand years ago, although for them time is more circular, they said, than linear. They realized that we track time almost exclusively linearly. But they said approximately a thousand years ago, their planet was at a crossroads, much like the one we're now facing, where old systems were collapsing, whether it was you know political or commerce, um, socioeconomic, et cetera, collapsing, creating way for better systems. So when the old is falling down around you, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be the best thing that ever happened to a planetary civilization, depending on their interpretation of what's going on and depending on the choices they make through the transition. Well, Frank, having successfully as a civilization uh, moved through this massive upheaval about a thousand years ago, where everything seemed at risk, where everything was precarious, where no one knew for certain if they would make it another year, much less another century or millennia. And yet they prevailed 
to use that word again, in ways unimaginable. They bound together, they respected one another, they evened the playing field. Um, they said through the arts, through commerce, um, through self-discovery, through spiritual exploration, they made progress in, in rapid, rapid ways. Okay, doggy, doggy. Woo, woo. <laughs> She's snoring. Oh. They made ways unimaginable to themselves prior to the transformation of life on their planet. They said that the transformation was so scary for some of their citizenry for many, this will put it into context. For others, it's irrelevant, but I think it's mind-blowing that for many, they were committing suicide. They're like, I'm not going along with his harebrained scheme mm. of love thy brother, share thy goods. Uh, and, and people were just dropping out of society, living in the woods. They said they still have some people, people um, living in remote out posts who absolutely refused for this to partake in any way in this evolution. And of course, technologically, economically, the arts, those outposts have been totally left behind to what they would now consider a Stone Age um, existence because they refused to change at this crossroads in the history of Brohashka. And so I asked Frank not only about their planet and their systems, um, but what they've observed from ours, and they're highly complimentary, zero agenda. They're not trying to take us over. They don't have any way to get here physically, unlike some aliens who have clearly developed the technology. We see video of it every day. Right. Um, to visit us in spaceships or, or through wormholes or whatever. <clears throat> Frank, with no natural resources to speak of, comparable to what we have, given the desolate nature of their planet, they evolved psychically and spiritually to the point of, and this is common nomenclature on planet Earth, astral projection, remote viewing. There are people who do this, and there's amazing books and stories told about it. Some might need to be persuaded. I don't. <clears throat> it totally resonates with me. If life's an illusion and we're of God, by God, pure God, or source energy, we are actually individually, you, me, and everybody watching right now, everywhere, always at once. And we've momentarily agreed to blot that out so that we can have this spiritual human experience believing in here versus there, now versus then, have versus have not, get it on, fall in love, follow your heart, be afraid, drama unfolds, and, and you've got life on earth. So anyway, they have developed the ability to um, astral project all over the flipping universe, and they have, they have done just that and found many, many other planets, exotic life forms, other systems to compare theirs to, to learn from, etc. And what had initially prompted them to reach out to Tracy when they were back home on Brahashka, way beyond the transition, and suddenly life is flourishing in peace and harmony and prosperity like it never could have before in their dark ages. 
suddenly they're like, and this is the this is the nature in all of us. It's like who else out there might be going through right now those precarious, daunting, scary times that we've already gone through that might be open and eager and wanting to hear from us to perhaps, you know, smooth out their own learning curve. And so they literally went out in search of, you know, thoughts become things, like attracts like, in search of other planetary systems, civilizations that were at the crossroads that they had triumphed over and have made themselves available for help. I mean, the cosmos is filled with brotherly love. That's the nature of reality. That is the nature of divine intelligence or call it source energy. There's a benevolence. There is a love far surpassing human love, which is emotional, which is conditional, which is, you know, a many splendor thing, but there's a greater love, an unconditional love um, that holds the physical universe and other realms together that gave it all rise. Um, and, and when we all find that breathing room, that space, um, when our needs are being met and suddenly we can exhale and life is beautiful, it arises within all of us to seek out others in need to be of assistance. I have seen that in my own life, from my dark night of the soul to a fairy tale existence, from kind of failure, from fear to fortune, I call my little story. Um, I'm in a place, and I do, I help financially, I help emotionally. My whole life's work, if you will, um, is about helping other people understand their power and life's beauty and that they're inclined to succeed and that they were born deserving here to thrive. And so that's where Frank is, in addition to their own uh, adventure and making it better and their own curiosity of finding out what else is happening in the physical comma, in the physical cosmos? Who else is doing it a different way? What could we learn? How could we make it better? In addition to all of that, they likened their visit to our Earth as a humanitarian mission. So uh, wow, yeah, definitely. You know, I uh, I didn't tell you earlier. I was I'm going to be interviewing Tracy on Monday and probably editing it and putting it up on Wednesday as well. You know, and um, so uh, just a few things here uh, regarding there's some things going on in the chat. So Deb R. Mike has already answered how he got to communicate with this entity, Frank, and um, Hazel had a question. Uh, if you don't mind me asking it, uh, Mike, she was basically saying, uh, "Would we be able to contact them if we talk to them in our heads?" So, what, what would you say regarding a possible communication with them on individual basis? Oh yes, oh yes. Frank Frank invites it, encourages it. I'm working on it. Uh, we're all channels. We can all do what Tracy does, or what Esther Hicks does, or Jane Roberts did. Um, and, you know, what Neil Donald Walsh does when he wrote Conversations with God, he channeled all of that. So absolutely, you can reach Frank. Here's a shortcut. I know there's a waiting list, but Tracy Farquhar will actually, she did at one point, I think you can still actually book a session with Tracy for either, you know, her psychic mediumship or um, to have a conversation with Frank. 
Um, so you can do it on your own. You can do it with Tracy. I'm not trying to upsell you here. Um, but yeah, we're all spiritual beings. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all connected. Thought is the prime mover of all realities, physical and ethereal. And if you can think it, you can do it. So, Mike, I have a, a question regarding, I'm sure throughout your travels and uh, people always come to you uh, always asking for some advice of what they can possibly do. And I'm sorry to be putting you on the spot regarding this because I'm sure it's such a vast uh, uh, subjects to be to be discussed. But what is kind of like the top number one thing that most people come to you saying, I, I'm really having challenges with this one thing? Can you please give me some pointers? Well, you know, um, the platform I've created is one in which I speak on what I want to speak on. And my favorite thing to talk about is the fact, the immovable truth that our thoughts become things. Not sometimes, but all the time. Not just our positive thoughts, but the other ones too. Although the positive ones are 10,000 times more powerful than the other ones. Um, and so generally when people come to me, but mind you, Adnan, I'm not a coach. I, I don't want to coach. Uh, I have a, a large platform now. I just kind of share what just gushes forth. Um, and it seems to hit the right spot at the right time when the student's ready, the, the teacher appears. Sometimes I get to be that teacher. Sometimes I get to be that student. Um, so the thing that people, given my platform and my message, uh, being thoughts become things, approach me for is how to create change in their life, how to live deliberately and create consciously. And my answer is invariably, um, probably, if I could encapsulate it generally, generically, you know, I would encourage anybody to really be grounded in truth. Understand first and foremost that there is a truth. Don't be one of those people who thinks everybody has their own truth, okay? Because there goes all of your power. Everybody has their own way to truth. There may be uh, an infinite number of roads to Rome, but none of those roads changes Rome. The truth is the truth. It is absolute. And there's not a whole lot of truth out there other than we're all of God, by God, pure God. Uh, we're all one. There's only love. Everything is God. Our thoughts become things. It's all working out for our greater good. Done. Those are the truths I'm talking about. Everything else is subjective. So I'm not trying to start a religion here. I'm just trying to say it's simple, but you got to hang your hat on something. Otherwise, you could believe that elephants will turn into carrots and who knows what random, wacky, crappy thing might land on you tomorrow? You know, nothing can land on you tomorrow that you don't ordain consciously or unconsciously for your greater good. And if you're not in that place, it's hard to live deliberately and create consciously if you think God's deciding. God's not deciding. God decided to be you so that you could get, get it on and live with your God-given powers. Um, and it's not going to behoove you or help you to know that your thoughts become things if you think there's faith or there's destiny or there's a law of karma that that can't be mitigated. Karma is a phenomenon. So all these tangents, I teach on all of them to give people a rock of truth from which they can live deliberately and create consciously. So karma is real, but not as an absolute law. Ancient spiritual contracts are real, but we can rewrite them or throw them away at any given moment of our life. None of us are limited by anything, not past lives, not karmic score, not ancient spiritual agreements, not the mood that God is in. We 
freely get to choose what our thoughts are. Our thoughts unfailingly become the things and events of our life. Done. And with this magic wand, there's nothing you can't do, nothing you can't be, nothing you can't have. The world is your oyster. Let it be easy. Follow your heart. It's all here for you. It's all here for you. If you dream it, you can do it. And so those are my, you know, get into truth. Know that you're the creator of your life. Believe it, but believing will come automatically as you immerse yourself in truth and see the validity of these concepts. And then, of course, the other message that too often isn't acted upon through the tangled webs we weave of confusion, giving away our power. Folks don't take action on their dreams. You know, it's not enough to know that there's a law of attraction and think that, you know, Oprah Winfrey's going to call you because you thought about it. She's not calling ever until you get out there physically and em embody these truths. Okay, you can't just, you can't think that your life is going to change because you found the truth and you're so excited about the fact that you're not being judged and all things are possible. I'm so, I, I went through that. Everybody goes through that who, who evolves to this point. But the excitement for having discovered the truth will not change your life. Because if you're excited about it, but you're not living it, if you're excited about it, but you're not going out because something's holding you back, fear or limiting beliefs, you know, thinking big, but acting small is the same as thinking small. So you got to be congruent. So while it's only and totally thoughts become things that dictates the unfoldment of your life, we think a lot of thoughts and we need to kind of strip them down and uh, do some soul searching and self-reflection and be honest with ourselves, which often is the last person we're honest with. Uh, and so there's there's a there's a lot to learn, but it's easy. You're the boss, okay? You're the boss and stop arguing. Stop arguing that you're the boss. Stop arguing that you can't do it because of what happened three years ago or 30 years ago or, or whatever. Stop giving your power away. Stop thinking that there's some other agenda. Stop, stop with the fear. Um, and then you clear the way for your thoughts to become things far more quickly than they otherwise could have been if your other 60,000 thoughts a day are telling you that God is angry and people are jerks. <laughs> you know, I, I totally, totally agree with, with what you're saying. If I may just give a quick little story regarding the notes from the universe. So this was when I first learned about you and I signed up for the, for the, for the list and this was really, really interesting, and I just love how it actually works, whether you're there or whether the notes themselves. But let's say, you know, talking about people having doubts and all these things. At that time, I was trying to get things going with, in my, with my life and all these other things. And, you know, I'm very uh, UFO, alien heavy, you know, uh, involvement. You know, that's my interest. And so... Uh, long story short, with my little bit of experiences that I had at that time, it was kind of these things where I was like, well, I, I would like to proceed with the next step and blah, 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 blah you know, and all these things. And I was putting that out there as I was kind of meditating to myself. The next day, uh, you know, after I had done this, that was right before before nighttime, the next day I wake up and I get one of the notes from the universe. And I can't remember exactly what was written, but it says something literally, uh, you know, We've heard you and everything is set in motion. And I just kind of got the chills down my spine. You know, it's like, wow. I mean, wh whether this is, you know, if anyone else looking on the outside, they're like, well, this is, you know, um, the, the, the notes were preset and there's no way it could be relating to you. 
but it was synchronistically I've attracted it to myself and however it happened doesn't matter the point was it gave me the boost to go okay I'm good let's go let's get it done wow that's a great story Adnan you know and the fact of the matter is is you did draw that to yourself you're a co-writer of these notes from the universe right right life on earth is is every bit like our nighttime dreams and in our nighttime dreams we think it's so real and in our nighttime dreams, I've had dreams that are so patently ridiculous, but in the dream, they seemed real. But in that patently ridiculous dream, there was a built-in memory. There was a built-in history. I had a past in that ridiculous dream, which I know was spontaneously made up as the dream was streaming. And that's true here and now. We think there's a past. We think it's linear. We think we all would agree on everything. And wow, there's a lot we have in common. That's because there's certain parameters we've all agreed to when we took this adventure at this primitive time in space. But there is a greater truth than, oh, well, it just happened to relate to you. And, oh, well, um, you know, it's just kind of a coincidence. It's like, no, no, no. There is something far more magical and wild going on in every moment of our lives that heretofore has completely escaped us. We are all creating 100% of our experience. You are creating me right now. I'm creating you right now. And we could diverge if necessary so that our beliefs would be able to hold together in alignment with what comes next. Um, it is a freaky, multidimensional world. What's important is that you are here and now and that you follow your heart and you face your fears and you move forward. All of the bizarre, wild, parallel universe logistics and stuff like that, that'll make sense later on when our mind is expanded to the size of Jupiter. But right now, what's important is living the rocking, blessed life we've each been given or that we've each chosen to live. Mike, um, <clears throat> sorry, I have a, this is, I believe, a question that will probably be more or Tracy, but I don't know if you want to speak on this. This one is from Fabrici saying, Hi, Mr. Dooley, question. When communicating, uh, what are the clues that the interaction is not actually just a mind construct from the self-ego? I don't know if you want to speak well, to that. Well, phenomenal question and trickier than it may appear to be because as I was just saying, everything's a mind construct. But I asked that question to Neil Donald Walsh. Uh, your reader, your viewers may know he wrote this phenomenal series titled Conversations with God. When he started journaling out of frustration that his life was not working the way he wanted it to, he would write a question and then he would write an answer. And he was playing both roles to the point where all of a sudden the answers were just gushing out of him. And they included ideas and concepts that he felt were not his at all. Like, where did that come from? And then in his dialogue with God, because, you know, it's all God. We're, everything is God. God's not some dude in a chair. You know, it's like it's all God. And there's layers of layers of consciousness. But Neil said, how do I know, God, that you're not just my imagination? And God said something to the effect of, oh, I am your imagination. And don't you think if I'm looking for every way to reach you, 
that I would be smart enough to use your imagination to reach you? So I would try to distill what Neil said to answer this person's question. Um, I wouldn't go into a, a session uh, trying to have a conversation with Frank or my inner self without some kind of intention. I want truth. I want revelation. I want to know what Brohashka is like. I want some ideas I've never heard before. Go with intention. Don't go with, don't go like, is this real? Is anybody there? Now, that might work, but I think that you're even here watching this right now. You know darn well it works, and you know darn well it's real, and you know darn well people are listening. People are listening. So go in there with an intention. I know you're there, and I bless you, and I want the highest and best for all. Now, um, you know, ask a question, uh, show me the way, give me clarity on this decision I'm making with my career or my relationships. Go with intention, and then you're going to have some sense of how to feel what you're getting. And if what you're getting resonates with you, if what you're getting moves you a little bit further to a decision with confidence, makes you feel love, you can be, you can be pretty sure you're doing this right. And to answer the question, is it you or a portion of you? Like, don't even go there. A similar exercise that I've done um, is that it's just simple journaling modeled after what Neil Donald Walsh would do in different challenging times in my life. I even recently I will write down a question like, how else can I see this situation? What am I not seeing that is clearly there? How can I navigate for a win-win situation if somebody else is involved? And then write the answer. And you will think you're kidding yourself and you will wonder, is it just my imagination? But I am sure, like me, like so many others, like Neil Donald Walsh, you will get to a point and it might not be the first time you do it. It might not be the first sentence. It might not be the first session. It might be after you've developed this muscle a half a dozen, a dozen times, but probably not much longer than, than that you will start writing stuff and thinking stuff that you'll be like, dang, that's a really good answer. And it doesn't matter where it came from. Uh, and you might start writing such odd stuff, like when Tracy goes into a chance for Frank to channel, she, she like almost falls asleep at the keyboard and wakes up 45 minutes later and there's all this information on her screen. It could be completely removed from you and your own vocabulary, or it could seem very, very similar, but that's not important. What's important is were the intentions met and did you find greater peace, greater clarity? And the more you work that muscle, flex that muscle, the stronger it gets. We all have access to infinite wisdom. Whether it's Frank or Jesus or Buddha or your higher self, is really not so important when you have access to infinite wisdom. It'll get to you in the shortest, quickest way permissible through your worldview, your beliefs and expectations. Mike, thank you for that. So, <clears throat> Mike, just um, just real quick. So, uh, thank you very much for being on. Uh, I know we have limited time, so I just want to ask you 
one more question. I was uh, we don't have any questions yet. I guess everybody's still just listening from from the uh, from the listeners. But anyway, um, so a lot of times it's the initial. I know you mentioned that a bit earlier, but a lot of times is that initial fear that it's always feels so debilitating. But yet it's maybe the most uh, minute, smallest. Um, barrier to overcome to what it is that you want, you know, um, are there any, you know, cause of course, when you simply just tell somebody, just try this or go this way or whatever, you know, is there something physically by them that needing to do to make it happen? Is it just to literally just set out to it, put their shoes on and, and get going towards the goal that they want? Yeah. Uh, you know, as, has been said by others, maybe there's even a book title, feel the fear and do it anyway. But I, I also kind of advocate, you know, welcome the fear, talk to the fear. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's advising you to watch your step or that maybe this week isn't that week, but you've got to be your own kind of truth barometer here. You know, is it fear just procrastinating? You know, or is it is it an intuitional type feeling that says, you know, maybe there's something else you could do this week in that direction, but not place that phone call just yet or get on that stage just yet or or whatever. Um, there was a note from the universe I once wrote something to the effect of, you know, if in your journey sometime along the path, when you least expect it, fear shows up. It invariably means you're exactly where you should be keep on going. Um, you know, unless it's because wildebeests are chasing you or something silly like that. I mean, listen to your fear, you know, give it a, an ear, but don't let it hijack your life or your dreams. Um, I, I think if there's a quality I have that's helped me significantly, it would be my almost um, extreme audacious nature to just kind of stick my neck out and risk being really foolish or ignorant or I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I, I mean, the audacity of writing a note from the universe, you know, um, what the hell? I'm going to do it. See how it goes. Turns out it was much more popular than writing his mic. Um, but you know, there was room for ridicule and, you know, accusations. Um, I'm full of myself or conceited. Uh, really, none of those ever manifested. None. Um, so, you know, I think fear is a part of the journey. It doesn't go away. Don't wait for your fear to abate. It's not. But you can manage it. You can listen to it. You can move with it and then ultimately through it. And then one day you'll be so far down the path that it'll still be back there saying, wait a minute, you shouldn't have gone. But it'll be relegated to that proper place um, and the panacea of your memory and all of your collective thoughts to some little speck back there um, that, that just didn't know that you were as ready as you really were. Um, so you can manage fear. Uh, that doesn't mean it's going to go away. But ultimately, it will be relegated to its proper place in the archives of uh, your mind. Well, Mike, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I know you have to go, but um, I just wanted to say um, to everyone uh, in the description box below, there's Mike's website. 
different uh, the website to all of his books as well, and uh, of course a direct link where you can sign up for the notes um, notes of wait now I'm forgetting the name the notes from the universe right, um, and so yep. uh, please check it out and uh, it's it's very inspirational and especially for those that are having some difficulties just kind of just getting a you know a, a great message to start off the day it's it's perfect for that you know along with your coffee so anyway mike thank you again very much i really appreciate it and thanks, uh, thanks everyone else that has been tuning in next week i'm going to have tracy that has co-written this book with with mike and we'll talk more about that and uh it'll be uh, interview will be done on monday We'll go live on, on Wednesday. And then, of course, Wednesday evening, we're going to have our open lines. So please uh, join me as well. Uh, remember to go to Telegram, sign up, go to the UFO Hub group, and uh, then we can take it from there. Um, all right. Well, everyone, thanks very much. Mike, again, thank you a lot. And um, so I hope to speak to you soon. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally-ho!